Barkley straight ahead with a big hole. And running through is Saquon Barkley. And he's going in for a Giants touchdown. Giants turn to try and answer. And here's Saquon Barkley. Giants fans, how's everyone doing? It's your host, Jack Cotteraro here, alongside me, Tommy Boy, and here we are recapping the Giants' brutal loss to the Eagles. And this is talking big blue with JQ. I honestly forgot it. At this point of the season, it's very rough. The New York Giants are officially 1-6 now, and that game hurt. That's why Tom and I decided not to record Friday. I know it was a earlier game being on a Thursday, but Tom and I couldn't physically do it. There wasn't enough in us, so we took the weekend off. Sorry for ghosting if we haven't been around on Twitter a lot. But, guys, that loss hurt because after seeing how the division lines up now, the New York Giants would be in first place. What up, Tom? How you doing? I'm hurting. Why do we, why do we, why do we keep doing this to ourselves? We get so fired up every week. We keep our expectations super low and just hoping for a win. Giants go up 11 with six minutes left. I'm thinking we just did it. We just won in Philly for the first time since, like, before I was born. And then they score, and I go, you know what? It's okay. We were up 11. And then they get the ball, and they score again. And here we are. Same story, different chapter. Tom, I the last time the Giants beat Philly was 2016, and honestly, it feels like an eternity for us, dude, because 2016 was the last year of good Giants football. Obviously, now it's not getting much better, but, man, when I tell you that game was over, it was over. And the Giants literally had it. And every Giants fan knows who lost this game for the New York Giants. There's no one else to pin the blame on but Evan Ingram for this game. Yep. I don't care what anyone else says, Tom. I just can't see the Giants losing that game when he catches like that 35-yard pass from Daniel Jones. No, there was a minute left. Two-minute warning. Eagles had two timeouts. The game was over. Because you know why? Worst comes to worst, you're in field goal range. You kick a field goal, you're up eight. You give Philadelphia the ball back with 40 seconds, vice versa, instead of us getting it down one. And then you let them try to score. And, of course, you got to get the two-point conversion as well. No matter how the rest of the year goes, that's going to be the most painful loss of the year. That hurt more than the Cowboys game. That Because the Cowboys, we, we, we played out of our minds. That was just amazing to just watch. That hurt more than Chicago. That hurt more than the Rams. That hurt more than the Steelers game. That game, like you said, if we had won, we'd be in, if we'd be like tied or in first place right now. No matter how we lose the rest of the year, we're always going to look back on that game and that we should have won that game. Tom, that game might have been worse than the miracle I met life years ago. I mean, obviously, all no, Giants no, 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 stop, 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 stop. Listen, stop. Tom, it had the same effect, dude, because. We all realized when we talked to JB about it on the preview, we all realized what was at stake for that game. And it was first place. And with the year, how 2020 is going, anything seems possible at this point. And the giants are leading over Philly. They haven't beaten them in so long. And they found a way to lose the game. And by someone, like I said, it was Evan Ingram. And man, I like Tom, we've talked about this a lot. I've heard a lot of people say this. You just wait to see Evan Ingram do such great things. We all know he has the potential to be a, a great tight end and one of the top-tier tight ends in the league. Jason Garrett runs a beautifully designed play for him to get him open on that fade route, and what does he do? He drops the ball. I've lost all hope in Evan Ingram, and he's not the only one that I'm going to say this about this episode. Yeah, he's he's done. 
it, J- Joe Buck, who we both know how how we feel about him at times, but Joe Buck said it best. Daniel could not have put it in a better spot. It's almost as if like he went at it like, like with his fingers stretched out like this, trying to like have it land perfectly on his fingers. Like his hands weren't even like open, ready to grab it. I don't know. I don't know, man. Angry, looked, he, he's done. Tom, it looked like he tried to like pull his arms in before he like caught the pass. Like he was trying to like yeah. to already like secure the catch. Yeah, like someone commented on my Twitter post, uh, Vershawn Bowser, he's from Palm High School. He said, man, that boy's got to do a possession catch right there. And, you know, come like hold down A and come down with that ball. And I was like, absolutely. Yeah, you're spitting straight facts, my man. But, you know, Daniel Jones, 20 of 30, 187 yards, two TDs and the one interception. So I know it's not anything that wows you, but he had a lot of nice throws that game. And the interception, once again, wasn't even Daniel Jones's fault. It was Evan Ingram's. He hit him right in the hands. It bounced like he had one hand up trying to catch it. It looked like hits off Ingram's hand, goes into the linebacker or safety's hand. I'm not sure who had the pick. I couldn't even watch, dude. I was sick to my stomach. And he also and, had the longest run by a quarterback in Giants history. Yeah, that too. Longest run, I think by a quarterback in a couple of years. I'm pretty sure it's something said on Twitter. 80 yard run. And obviously, I think that was just a, I don't know, that just described the way of like the next morning. Like you fumbled the bag, Tom. You fumbled the bag. Fumbled the bag. But- thank God. I was saying this yesterday. Thank God they scored that drive. If they had settled for a field goal or, God forbid, turned the ball over or whatever or didn't convert on fourth down, people would be calling for Danny's head today, this week. They'd be, they, they, would, they would have lost all with all the, you know, Trevor Lawrence and Daniel Jones talk that's going on. Daniel Jones would have been kicked out the door by fans if he, if, if he botched that, that drive. If he know. couldn't complete that drive, Tom, I like my roommates were saying, like, this is bad. Like, obviously, don't get me wrong. What quarterback besides like Lamar or I don't even know who's running for 80 yards like that and just has that much open field? None of them. That was a great designed play by Jason Garrett. Like, you saw it from the moment he hit the cornerback level, he was gone. No one was near him. I was worried about him getting caught from behind and God forbid fumbling. That's what I was looking for. But when he tripped, I was like, hey, I was like, it could have been worse. And then guess what? They scored. So it did not matter at he all. Could've, he could have fumbled when he tripped and it could have went all the way into the end zone for a touchback. See, there's always worse, Tom. There's always worse to can think always, about. Can always be worse. But dude, he had four carries for 92 yards, our Danny boy. Um, I think it's kind of insane how he averaged 23 rushing yards per attempt because of that, of course, that 80 yard run. But then, you know, who got in the mix of it with Devontae Freeman going down, Wayne Gallman. I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but he had 10 carries for 34 yards and a touchdown. Those all came on like that last drive for the Giants. He had like three rushes of like 10 plus yards, like nine yards. And it was like, it's like, wow, like here are the New York Giants running out the clock and not, they're not trying to pass to like gain up yards and like just go three and out like they do every other week when they lose a close game. Like here are the Giants running at the clock, not giving Philly any sign of life. I thought the game was over. I didn't want to say anything on the couch with my roommates there, but I was like, I was like, this game's over. I was like the New York giants here. They come like, it's a redemption year. Now here we come like with everyone's record in place. Like Philly's basically almost out of the picture at that point. You could say, especially Dallas now with how they played against the Washington football team. Like, man, Tom, I was hyped. And Evan Ingram sucked the souls out of every single New York giants fan. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't even think I could say I feel bad for the guy. No, I, I don't. I don't. I can't. 
You know why? Because it's enough to drop a pass that leads to an interception, and then you drop that. He might have even went in for a touchdown there. There was one safety above him, but hey, dude, he's got breakaway speed. He catches that ball. He might have the, the corner, and he just zooms by him for a touchdown, and then the game's literally over right there. Listen, it's, it's, it's not like he's a rookie. It's not like it was a his first time in a big moment. This is his fifth. This is his fifth year. This was his fifth year option they just picked up, right? Listen, you're you're half a decade into the into the NFL now. You gotta you gotta either make those plays or you are gone, my friend. And now the interesting thing thing is now, Tom. I've been reading about the New York Giants beat reporters. They said Evan Ingram is no longer a trade option. Even though with teams having interest in him, the Giants don't trade him. Another update, Marcus Golden gets traded back to the Arizona Cardinals. He's going back. Giants kind of got lucky there because they didn't have to sign him to a big deal. They had him this year for like $5 million because of, I forget like that, like whatever like free agency like term they had with him. So that's kind of a win in their book. You get a sixth round pick for it. Maybe you find a stud at some point. Who knows? But welcome back Sterling Shepard. He had a nice little game, a nice little touchdown. Ingram, uh, I don't even want to like look at him. Golden Tate had one catch, but it was for 39 yards this time, and it was a touchdown. But that ball was beautifully thrown by Danny Boy. Yeah. And so yeah. and so was the one that Ingram, which which pisses me off. Yeah, uh, it was great. It was. I don't think I've seen Sterling Shepard look that healthy in a very long time. So that was great to see. Tate again, he scored. So that that made and actually was a great stiff arm that he did to score. But uh. Slayton was quiet. Slayton didn't do much. Listen, all the offense is going to be like that. Honestly, the biggest thing that's surprising everybody is, is the defense that they've been in for what the expectations were. They've been phenomenal. Tom, they they're they're beasts, all of them. Bradbury with the interception, especially that play to catch that ball and yeah. find where to toe tap and still get that play in still amazes me. Like after like, I don't know I just rewatched the highlights again because I was like, oh boy, like. We're about to record. I might as well rewatch this game real quick. So I watched it. And just that play, dude, like Dave Gettleman, great signing. I've said this at the past few episodes. Listen, like you, when his contract's up, I think they signed him to like a two-year, three-year deal. You re-sign deal. him yeah. again. You re-sign him again. Obviously, you know, pending all injuries, God forbid any, and how he does in the next two years. But, man, he's came to play this year. Blake Martinez, too, dude. Thank God the New York Giants have these players because I feel like that game's not even close, Tom. He's obvi- obviously everyone everyone kind of is under the general consensus now that Gettleman's bad and he's got to go. I obviously mess with you all the time that I love him, but um, no, he's got to go. But Bradbury, man, we went from – I mean, Janoris Jenkins a few years ago was our, our like, lockdown guy. He was, like, a top-10 corner in the league at one point. Um, but Brad, the thing with Bradbury is he's so, like, he's, he's so little compared to, like, other cornerbacks. I think I've said this before. Like, so when you see him, and even, like, when you hear him, like, you don't think he's going to be doing what he's doing. He's been the lights out. The, we're what? We're seven weeks in? Mm-hmm. I think we now have a guy on defense that teams have to worry about. I it's not, it's not from the pass rush. That'll, we'll never have that guy, uh, probably ever again. But when, 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 the, when, like, when the receivers coach is talking to the receivers and the quarterback, they're definitely talking about Bradbury during practice at least once. Hundred percent, Tom. I couldn't agree with you more, dude. I just think like Bradbury's a a key player in this league right now, dude. Like he is an All Pro type cornerback right now. He's easily top three, like in the league with everything he's done this year. Probably. Um, like Logan Ryan too. He had a good game. Jabril Peppers, man, and Ryan Lewis. I'm gonna say this right now. After watching the film again, bro, 
Jabril Peppers gets burnt. For a guy as athletic as Jabril Peppers is, he gets burnt on a lot of routes. Don't get me wrong. I told JB this. I said Carson Wentz couldn't have thrown a better pass to Boston Scott at the end of the game. Like, bro, that pass was insane. But, dude, Peppers got beat by a guy who's a lot shorter than him. And I'm going to let you take this one away and talk about that real quick. Listen, yeah, I know this is the one soundbite that you really wanted to get in here. Um, Jabril Peppers was a phenomenal athlete in college. That probably within the last five years, one of the best. He was all, he, I think he played 13 different positions at, at throughout the entire season in college at Michigan. He was in the, he was, he was a Heisman finalist, but listen, he's not an NFL safety. He's not an NFL quarter cornerback. He's not an NFL like hybrid linebacker. He's not, he's not in my opinion, an NFL talent in that, in like a kind of secondary is, could he be a phenomenal special teams player? Sure. You never know. Look at the guy Slater on the Patriots that just is consistent year in and year out, and he changes game for them. Jabril can be that kind of guy. But when you let a guy who's my height, 5'6", again, nothing against 5'6 people. There, there, there's some great people that are 5'6". But when you – Jabril's what, 6'1", 6'2"? When you're letting a guy over six inches smaller than you jump over you and moss you and catch it for the, for, for the game-winning touchdown, you just – I mean, at that point, you just got to play Marvin's Room by Drake and just go to bed. Damn. Yeah, just thinking about it, it's honestly depressing. Jabril's 5'11", but still, though, he has oh. a height advantage. All right, so that's five inches. It just that's hurts. Like what, like what? How tall are you? I'm six foot. Okay, so that's essentially me – this is perfect for the people that listen. This is essentially me jumping over you and catching the ball, which honestly I think I can do. But well, anyways. Well, I'm not Jabril Peppers, so I wouldn't let that happen. I'd probably <laughs> just take out your knees, Tom, honestly, when you went up for the ball. I wouldn't care about the penalty. Get him out. No, I, I'm kidding. I, I do but listen, besides that, they picked. They absolutely picked on Ryan Lewis that game. And Dude, I'm going to say this right now. We talked about it with JB. One thing the Giants had to do in the storyline was not let Carson Wentz throw all over the New York Giants defense. They did. I mean, excuse me. He did. He threw for 360 yards and like whatever, two touchdowns and he ran one in. So he had, he had himself a day, even with their only offensive starting lineman being the Kelsey brother. And they were all out the other ones. Like the Giants did get pressure on them. They had a few sacks like peppers had a sack. Leonard Williams had a sack. Like they had, a few nice plays, but like, that's gotta be a win. I just like, I don't even like want to talk about individual parts of the game, Tom. Cause I feel like yeah, that just has to be a win that game. And it wasn't, and it hurts to say it like that Deion Lewis did. had a fumble early on in the game. I don't think it really affected the outcome. I think the only one that affected the outcome of the game was Evan Ingram. You felt it. Like if you ever played sports in your childhood or at the collegiate level, whatever professional level, you'll know this. When you feel a shift of momentum, the whole team feels it, and it just swings. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I don't know. Patrick Graham had, like, a lot of their defenders playing off the wide receivers. There wasn't a lot, a lot of man coverage because I think he was afraid Carson Wentz was going to beat him. But all they did was dump down, dump and check, dump and check, dink, 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 like all over the field. And then, of course, when Ingram doesn't catch that pass or before that, excuse me, they go deep. And when the drive starts at the 20, they're already at – are 10 within like two plays. So that killed the giants. Um, I don't know, dude. It's just like, there's so much going wrong that you just, 
you could see going right. But that game was in the balance of the New York Giants, and Evan Ingram costed them that game. I don't even – I like, again, I'm repeating myself. I don't even feel bad. But my heart's broken as a New York Giant fan, and every Giants fan out there should he- feel heartbroken because, hey, I'm sick and tired of losing, guys. And we all know this. Every Giants fan is. I'll take any win I can get, and I'll win, like, any game. That was a winnable game. You beat Dallas. You beat Dallas, Washington, and Eagles three weeks in a row. You're three and four looking at the Bucs on a Monday night game. Top of the division. Not even a contest. You know, you have to win those divisional games, and the Giants couldn't do so against Dallas and Philadelphia. You know what's the best part, though? What? We're still in the hunt, and we're going to win on Monday night. Hell yeah, we're going to win on Monday night. That is, that is such a trap game. Are we home? Yes, we are. Giants that is are such a trap game for Tampa Bay. So the odds of this, the spread as of right now with the Buccaneers and Giants is nine and a half favorited to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So kind of, you never know, Giants fans. Like, hey, who knows? Maybe Daniel Jones decides to have a career night, but I don't know. Against that Tampa Bay rush defense, our O-line is going to struggle. Like another point, like Andrew Thomas probably had his worst game against Philly. The, the struggles are continuing for him, and it's not looking a lot better. But, hey, it's a long season. The team's in for a long season. The coaching staff is in for a long season. And so are we, New York Giants fans. So, I don't, Tom, that's really all I have about this game. I don't want to go into next game too much. We'll save that for the preview episode, which yeah. we'll record on Friday. We just didn't feel like recording Friday, guys, after the game Thursday. Like, I know we want to try to get our content as fast as possible, but, hey, we needed – we needed a mental break and we all checked out. And a lot of, I think giants podcasters and fans did as well. Yep. That's it, man. Like giants scored touchdowns too. They scored three touchdowns. Um, Hey, like, yeah, like we were saying, it sucks to just keep trying to point out the positives. I'm the one that keeps preaching that we, that we got to stop doing that, but you know what? Never mind. Forget what I was going to say. No, we stink. That was it. We should have won that game. That was terrible. Move on to Monday night at home against Tampa. Let's just call it a day and go to sleep. And that's it. And you call it a day. But Giants fans, we just want to say thank you as always for listening and tuning in. We will see you on Friday's preview game of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, you know, we're as always, I'm always hopeful for a win. But at this point, you got to start looking at different outcomes of the season. And obviously, it might be another draft year for the Giants. We might be doing me and Tom. Might be doing a lot of draft coverage before you know it once again. And I hate to say that. It sucks. It really sucks. I don't want to think that. But, hey, looking at where the team is now, they need a lot of pieces. But that's all I'm going to say. Tom, we'll leave it for next episode when we break down the Bucks and their ferociously good team and the rejuvenated Tom Brady, I'll say. Because he, he looks like he's out for blood. It's Shark Week, baby. Brady stinks. Yeah. But, all right, Giants fans. We'll see you on the next episode of Talking Big Blue with JQ.